Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get to the NBA Finals. OMG, oh my God, I can't believe it. It is an iconic matchup. You have the Boston Celtics looking to surpass your Lakers for the most championships ever, which is pretty damn important because the Yankees got 27. I think next on the list is the Cardinals with 10 or 11 or whatever. So no one's going to catch the Yankees Why we or our ancestors are alive. But you can catch, you can pass Jerry Buss and the Lakers. And then we got the Warriors. People are very confused. Are they a dynasty? No, they didn't play in the playoffs the last two years. They're right. not a dynasty. No. You can't be a Great dynasty basketball when team. you lose. It's the JT and Looney Podcast. Episode 131. Yep, but yep. they won three out of five. They're playing in their sixth final in eight years. Okay, let that sink in. They have at least three Hall of Famers as players. That would be Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And their head coach, Steve Kerr, is going to be a Hall of Famer. That's four. On the other side, Boston's got Tatum. They got Jalen Brown. They got that's Al it. Horford. Al oh, Horford's a hell of a player. Al is, is a hell of a player. Boy, he was good when he was younger. And they have the Defensive Player of the Year in Marcus Smart. Boy, yeah, the, he's got yeah. Not the, the Defensive Player of the yeah. Year. And if you got that award, if I was Emmy Adoka, the head coach, I would take the trophy away from him in front of the team and go, we're going to take this away from you if you don't guard Steph Curry. <laughs> Very simple. If you got this trophy and it's going to be with you for, for decades to come, go guard Steph. So these two teams split in the regular season. Steph got hurt in one of the games in the Boston blowout. He got into a collision with Marcus Smart. But I think it's evenly matched. What fascinates me, Tom, about this series, in game one, as we talk gambling, game one of the series, the Warriors are favored by three and a half mm. in game one. They are a minus 150 favorite in the series, bet 150 to win 100. With the Celtics, bet 100 to win 120. So you can follow that all. And you can follow it at Bet Online, JT, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information, latest odds, news, sports developments, all the spreads like we're talking about right now, the NBA playoffs, NBA finals, Major League Baseball bets for you, fights, NFL futures. Bet online, your continued source for all sports wagering needs. Really easy to get started. Head to their website or use your phone. Sign up and use the promo code BELIEVE to get that 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Spell it B-L-E-A-V. That's the Believe Radio Network, the platform that broadcasts the JT and Looney, or that streams... The JT and Looney podcast, Bet Online, where the game starts. But what fascinates me the most is I'm a legacy guy. And if Boston wins this one, they go through one of the great teams of all time, and all their guys will join Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, who got their ring, right? Their one yeah. ring, and they go down in Boston history. So this is such a huge legacy play, Tom, for the Boston players because they'd go through a great all-time team. They'd get their Celtic rings. And like the movie Goodfellas, they'd be made men for the rest of their life in Boston. And think of the road that it took them oh. to get there. The Nets and then the defending world champion Bucks, who they had to take down. That's never any any time you're playing Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you're tired afterwards. And then you got to go on and outlast the Heat, who were who were just even though they were compromised, were incredible champions out there slugging right through 15 rounds, championship rounds. 
So can they keep up with the Warriors and push you know the pace even further with this opportunity? And that's tough. And with the Celtics too, they have a lack of depth. They don't they don't go any more than what eight deep, right? And they got all this high mileage, massive challenge that I don't think that they're up for. Do you? Yeah, I do. I have the Warriors okay. in six. I, okay. I'll go Warriors in six, but I, I know how Boston can win this. And Boston had the number one rated defense, number one. So they're long. I know that's a term we use. Mm-hmm. They are long. They have guys who can put their arms in the lane. They can break up passes. The Warriors often play sloppy. The detriment to the Warriors is themselves. They're the ultimate team that when we say the only thing that can beat us is ourselves. That's the Warriors. They throw length of the court passes that go out of bounds. They throw it behind their back. It goes out of bounds. They get a little bit sloppy. You can't do that against Boston. Well, yeah, they get cocky, and they have every reason to be. But sure. what, what I do love about them is they get excited for each other. If Clay Thompson hits four threes in a row, they give it to him again. Mm-hmm. And if he hits five, they give it to him again. And so Steph doesn't worry about his points, and Draymond Green doesn't worry about his ego, even though he's got a massive one, which is his to his detriment. It's a beautiful ego, a beautiful arrogance, and he's great to watch. And and they got Andrew Wiggins and Looney, who's kicking ass and taking names. And maybe the best new young player in the league that no one knew of, Jordan Poole. Jordan who Poole. can get you 28 a night, not yeah. 18 like Looney. And some of those – this guy's unbelievable. He's a star – and then look at who they drafted over the last couple of years. Who, Those are young players that are, are not even playing yet. They're built long-term to be great. But let's throw this out there again with Boston. They were battle-tested. Let's talk about the Jimmy Butler miss. Jimmy Butler missed a three-pointer that was one of the more talked-about misses that I remember talking about in my career on the radio. You're right. Every phone line was packed. Why did he take the three? And the point was because he could. They were hot. He was having a series yep. like Kobe yep. and Jordan. All-time series. But there was no one under the basket. There were two guys behind him. One half court and one in the back court. He was blind with confidence. They were so hot. You're right. And he's Dwayne Wade. I made the comparison to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade could have took that shot, too, in his heyday. But Dwayne Wade would have went around. And he would have got to the rim. And he would have had a dunk or an N1. And they, remember, they were down two, Tom. They weren't mm-hmm. down three. Yep. And he was driving, and he would have drove around Al Horford. But can't believe how many people talked about that. But anyway, they end up winning Boston. They get a little bit of time off to go. They're, on, they're the road team. Here's what everybody needs to know who listens to the podcast. By the time you download this, game one on Thursday, I think it's impossible for Boston to win that game. Literally impossible. Uh, the Warriors will have a week off. They're lying in wait. They know they have to win. They have home court. The play is going to be a madhouse. I think they'll win. Game two is huge because Boston is going to be down 0-1. And if they go down 0-2, they don't have any chance of winning four out of five. Got to win four out of five to win the series. They can win two out of four, three out of five. They can't win four out of five. So I think game two, Tom, is going to be so great because Boston's got to get out of San Francisco with at least a split, and that would be the game. Warriors in six, five if Andre Iguodala, Gary Payton II, and Otto Porter Jr. are cleared. Book it and lock it. It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 131. I would bet there's over, I won't go 1,000. I bet you there's probably 500 podcasts about the verdict in Johnny Depp's trial as Johnny Depp won his defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. 
I guarantee if you look at the top 10 podcasts around the world, like six of them are probably on this. It was riveting television. It was he said, she said, or more or less she said, he said, defecating on a bed, uh, physical violence, uh, losing net worth and wealth, and the ability to make movies. Falling, I mean, asleep, with ice, falling asleep with ice cream in his lap, which I didn't think was necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> it looked like fun. <laughs> And you know what was my favorite thing? He decided to split and play a concert while the jury was deliberating. He went and played a concert. He was so confident he'd win. He comes back after deliberations and ends up winning. It really is sad because it's a topic that we touch on from time to time, even if you're Team Amber or Team Johnny on this. But I saw something I wanted to read here that, you know, 97% of the time, you know, I believe if a woman claims she's abused, She's physically mishandled. I always side with the woman, always, because most of the time they're right. If, if it yeah. comes down to some physical harm or something happens, when a woman goes this far to go to court or call the police or file a complaint or go to court, they're usually true. But in this case, it shows the other side where this actress went really aggressive over the top and Johnny Depp ended up winning and clearing his name. Yeah, and it's, as we would call it in statistics class, a throwout statistic, an anomaly where you're right, maybe she was the bad guy in this one. But uh, when you're talking about 97%, and a lot of times in 97% of those cases, the, the women could have said something a lot earlier, but there's a lot of reasons why they don't. And what happens when women finally speak up a lot of times, people say, how come you didn't say anything before? But there are, and it happens to a lot of people in, in workplaces too, not just women, but all people of all genders and orientations, et cetera, and races, ethnicities. And at, at work, they don't say anything about the hostile atmosphere because they have bills to pay and diapers to buy. And Johnny said, quote, the jury gave me my life back, quote, unquote. But I don't know what's going to happen in here because Johnny Depp was fighting to clear his name. It was defamation on what Amber put out there in an op-ed in a column talking about the situation and the lawyer speak went after specifically what was there. We won't retry the case here, but I don't know if this means Johnny Depp's going to get hired by a major production company and a movie company again. They might think he's crazy. He's nuts. He's batshit crazy. So he thinks he cleared his name to get his movie work back. Tom, you're in the industry. That doesn't guarantee he's going to have a whole bunch of scripts flooding him tomorrow. Well, a lot of people who tend to do very well in the drama business are overdramatic and crazy. <laughs> so that's no newsflash. And he didn't kill anybody. It looks like he wasn't easy to live with. It looks like he could have been a little verbally abusive, maybe even physically. And so that's when you really got to decide, okay, do we really want to do this? It'll probably be an independent film more than a major studio. But right. And he's the reason why I say he didn't kill anybody because, you know, OJ was found not guilty, but he didn't get his job back at NBC say with Bob Costas if you'll remember uh, it doesn't mean you get your life back because a lot of times once you've been smeared once somebody says Obama was born in Africa and not Hawaii there for the rest of time there's going to be a certain percentage of people that will just repeat that for once something gets out there it gets out of the toothpaste I just use that as an example because there's just still such a huge percentage of people uh, surprisingly a number of people that just believe that because someone said it once that once that gets out there, it's hard to put that toothpaste back in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the bottle. 
Yeah, and it's a much bigger topic here, that people don't need to get married. Celebrities don't need to marry other celebrities. Okay, celebrities walk with bodyguards, and they take private jets, and they stay at the Four Seasons and the Ritz-Carlton. And when they come out in the morning for their jog or their breakfast, there are thousands of beautiful women who are not celebrities. Those are the ones you want to marry. Okay, you want to marry the non-celebrity, the non-actress, who's crazy and on her third marriage and all this. They didn't need to get married. They loved to be with each other. They were sexually attracted to each other. They were in love with each other. They didn't need to get the prenups going and let's get married and let's be together forever. They needed to hook up and date and have a lot of fun. And that's the crux of it. Well, yeah, you're right. And another thing, but they're overly dramatic. Ooh, let's get married. That's so romantic. We're movie stars together. We're getting married. We're celeb. And they, they do it over and over again. Not just celebrities, people all over the country uh, do it over and over again. And how did I did I not say this the entirety of our run on Fox Sports Radio? The number one threat to marriage in the United States was not Adam marrying Steve. It was divorce. That's the number one threat to family values in America and to marriage divorce. And when and people say, well, the kids seem fine. Well, easy for you to say they never are. Uh, and you mentioned about who to marry when you're a celebrity. I just watched the two part series on George Carlin. Two-part documentary oh, on George Carlin. Oh, well, you'll H watch it. He loved it. Well, you're also in New York. There's just and also when he's a little boy, what does he write? Tell me this didn't sing to me. This wasn't you, but this was me. When he was a little boy, he wrote. It could have easily been little Tommy Looney who wrote the same thing. When I grow up, I want to be a disc jockey, a comedian, and an actor. And I'm like, that was the first thing the documentary said, and I was hooked. <laughs> Of course, that was your book. Who did he marry? He married someone who knew him when, you know, someone knew him when he was just a nobody comedian and they drove around the country doing gigs and they're living out of their Dodge Dart. And those marriages tend to work. Why did John F. Kennedy Jr. like dogs? Because they didn't know he was John F. Kennedy Jr. And when people like you before you're a celebrity, uh, that's when they trust you. And so that's who to marry. Marry someone who loved you before you were Johnny Depp, the celebrity. Yeah, and I think it's going to be fun for us to watch going forward on the celebrity treatment of Johnny Depp going forward because he was coming out of court every day. Right. There were fans outside this Fairfax courthouse waving to him they have a blockade up there waving to johnny depp who was accused of doing heinous things to a woman and people were still with pirates of the caribbean shirts and sign this and it's a celebrity now people think he won even though amber also won two million against johnny depp's attorney she's probably going to go bankrupt on this he's not going to get any money from her it's going to be tight it's going to be in the appeal process whatever happens but will johnny depp shoot back and all of a sudden be a box office king the way Tom Cruise is. Because I just got out of the movie. Top Gun Maverick, and it was damn good. That's it what everyone great. says. Wow. The first one didn't so blow good. me away. but oh, what, yeah, wow. It was better than the first one. It's hard to People do. Saying. They, got right to, they got right to it. They went out and they, they got to all the great aerial scenes in the movie. The, the, the movie was about what was happening in the air. Of course, 
you know, Tom Cruise is coming back to be a Top Gun instructor. I won't give you spoilers. Okay. He's going back to where he was famous. Iceman, Val Kilmer. little hook to that story, but the hook to the movie was getting those machines in the air 30 years later, and the technology was better. And he now quickly becomes the greatest actor stuntman of all time. Yeah. No debate. Don't even argue this. What he does on the motorcycle without the helmet on in Mission Impossible 3 and in Top Gun is incredible. But the movie was so action-packed. I saw my wife and two sons, one of my youngest son, I think that was the third time he saw it. And he was sitting right next to me, and I could feel his arm next to mine. The scenes and the sound of those jets and the soundtrack went this right This is so great the- to know. I, number- I wouldn't have normally gone. Got to go see wow. it. It's the true essence of a movie. Where, you know, I want to go to great movies. I want to go right. to great movies. And I gave it four out of five bricks, this movie. People say, well, why didn't you give it five bricks? Because five bricks is for Raging Bull, Godfather okay. 2, you know, Platoon. Casino. I'm not going right. to take yeah. Top Gun Maverick and give it a five <laughs> out of five, right? I right. gave it four out of five. But I really enjoyed the picture because it's what a movie's about. Entertaining, fast-paced, loud, character development recapping characters that you were familiar with old soundtrack new soundtrack in the same movie they nailed it and again a lot of people know this this isn't a spoiler but tom cruise opens the movie talking to you and basically welcoming you to the movie breaking the fourth wall yeah he broke the he opens up the movie just tom cruise and remember the movie was in the can two years ago the tom cruise on the screen was from a few months ago and he looks amazing, and he opens up the movie basically thanking you for coming, coming to the theater and not watching this the way you typically would watch a movie throughout COVID. And that made me feel great because you see him, you know he's Cruz, he's thanking you before the movie starts, and then the movie starts off and it's explosive. I had a great experience. Now, I need to do a make good. While we were sitting on Radio Media Row mm-hmm. uh, at the Super Bowl this year, you asked me spontaneously for my top 10 movies, and I was fasting. And remember, I put Birdie in there. <laughs> How could I forget that you put Birdie in there? Well, I because... don't think you should take Birdie out because everybody, <laughs> when they hear Birdie, everybody goes, what, what the fuck is that? Is that? Google it, and they want right. to see it. Right, and it might be, it's still on my list. I got a list here. I don't even know if it's 10, but I have Bugsy, Wizard of Oz, Fargo. Goodfellas, Casino, Titanic, American Beauty, Boogie Nights, Pulp Fiction, It's a Wonderful Life, and Birdie. But uh, so that's that's probably about ten. I don't even look. But uh, I just was compiling that on the plane recently, and I wanted to do a make good on that because I think I may have left out even Fargo or who knows what I left out. Titanic is amazing to me because when I was a kid, going back in the hot tub time machine, my mother wanted to trace roots in Ireland. I was 10, my brother was 12, and as you know, that's perfect age for me, not everybody, but as you know, I can remember all my friends' names from my kindergarten picture. So I, when it comes to nostalgia, my IQ goes up 50 points. So I remember everything about that trip. It was a three-week trip to Ireland tracing roots, and my mother was afraid to fly, so we took a boat. Mm. A boat at 10 to Ireland. That was as much fun as tr- tracing roots in Ireland isn't all that romantic for a 10-year-old, but riding on a boat to Ireland. The Queen Elizabeth II, the QE2. So that's why another reason, good the Titanic, even the Poseidon Adventure, were movies I could really get into because I took that route back and forth. 
the, uh, the Titanic didn't leave London. It originally left England, but its last, its first stop and last stop was in Cork, Cove in Ireland, and uh, that's where I got off when I went over there. And so Titanic was uh, had its, you know, I was on a boat like that, and it was pretty amazing. And I can't wait to go see Top Gun now, a movie I wouldn't normally have gone to see. And you told me that the trailer to Mission Impossible looked like it might be even better than Top Gun. The trailer right? to Mission Impossible, this, there's a new Mission Impossible movie coming out, which is part one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clear, it's part one. So again, there's going to be a couple. The trailer was better than anything I've seen in a James Bond trailer with Daniel Craig. Wow. It was better than the Top Gun trailer. So it was, it was like, oh my God. And as I told you, after I saw the movie, I said, the Academy's got to do something for Cruise. And I'm very sincere with this. Tom Cruise should have won an Academy Award already. Yeah, this yeah. guy, they gave Brad Pitt one. Okay, they've given Leo one. They go ba- you go back to Nicholson and Pacino and Dustin They Hoffman. gave Cuba Gooding Jr. a fucking Oscar. Everyone, everyone, Will Smith. Don't forget Will Smith yeah. just won an Oscar, the Fresh Prince. And I thought his role was great in King Richard. But Tom Cruise did a movie born on the 4th of July, which he played Ron Kovic Ron in the wheelchair and before the wheelchair. That movie hit me hard because it was based in my hometown, my hometown of Massapequa, Long Island, where Tom Kovic was born. So I was really attached to that movie. And then he did a movie by the name of Rain Man. And Rain Man was brilliant. Rain Man was a beautiful movie. Great. And Tom Cruise should have got an Academy Award for that in a supporting role. So whatever it is. So this year, Tom Cruise is going to put the movie industry on his back coming off a 100-year pandemic. where Nobody wants to leave home to work. Nobody wants to leave home to go to the movies, and everyone's leaving home to go to the movies to see Tom Cruise, and now they're going to go start seeing the movies again. You're right. They owe him. And they're going to go see Mission Impossible, and they're going to go see two of Tom Cruise's biggest movies, and people are going to get out of their house and come together because of Tom Cruise. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, Lifetime Achievement Awards, all that. You know, we could talk about that on a different day, but Cruise deserves so much more respect for what he's accomplished as an actor. Now, I don't like the fact you didn't have any war movies. My top 10 10 movies, uh, two of my all-time top 10 movies, two two of my top five are war movies, Platoon. And, well, I'm born on the 4th of July is in my top 10, and then Mm -hmm. in my top five, Saving Private Ryan. So as you're going through Bugsy, and you're going through Titanic and Birdie and all that, I'm shocked in your top 10 you did not have a movie with a massive war scene with death and destruction, <laughs> World War II, Vietnam, World War One, the Civil War, and glory, nothing. War Horse, I'll put in there if you want. I loved War Horse. War Horse was com- War Horse would have been all-time great if it wasn't just another Steven Spielberg movie, right? Uh, Steven Spielberg. If it was the only, if he, that was an unknown director, it would have been, uh, people would have said, who's this guy? What's this movie? But it was also a, a particular year where there were a lot of great movies. I don't remember what year it was, but it was, they threw it in as a nominee when with the extra throw-in nominees which that they do. But yeah, I am not normal. I'm not a big war movie guy. Just never been. And I saw those movies that you Mentioned, and I do know the opening scene in Saving Ryan certainly had an effect on me. Wow. Yeah, that Whoa. is that is Whoa. a big deal. That yeah. that's a movie that when I Whoa. saw it, I was so blown away. It was going to be on. The it was top you were so life. blown away. You went to Normandy. 
I did. And wow. I'm going on a trip. I'm going on a trip uh, next week. I'm going to London, Liverpool, Amsterdam. Wow. And over the last few years, I was lucky enough to go to London with the writers a few times. And one of the trips I went to Normandy, we did an overnight trip in Normandy. And it was one of the most impactful <laughs> evenings and days of my life doing the tour of Omaha Beach to be there on the site. On the site, I asked to be taken to the to the place where all those soldiers fought on the beach and had a solemn moment. And I'd never served this country. And I think there's tremendous guilt because I'm pro-military. And we've talked about that before. And I, I remember walking, my wife got a picture of me walking that beach by myself and the gratitude I had and, and being in the moment to sit there and stand there and put my sneakers in the water where all those soldiers were gunned down on the beach in Normandy, it changed my life. I'll never forget it. Uh, a, a, a father should never have to bury a son. Parents should never have to bury their children. You're supposed to bury your parents. So I would like to honor you for not serving your country and staying on this earth and not wrecking your parents by going and getting killed somewhere. I think you did the right thing there. Uh, number two, when you go to London, I know you think of art as... You know, a picture of Forrest Gregg with mud on his face in 1957 on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But uh, the London Gallery, I don't know if you've been there, have you? You can walk yeah. in. Oh, you have. Okay, yeah, you can walk in for free, like you walk into Baskin Robbins. And then there's there's Leonardo da Vinci and a Monet and a Van Gogh. It's, it's unbelievable. Okay, I'm glad. It, it's you gorgeous. And again, the focus of that trip is not to go see art, it's to go see the world's greatest rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones. Oh. I'm going to Liverpool, to oh the my world God. famous Enfield, the, one of the greatest soccer stadiums in the world, and the Rolling Stones will be playing there. And warming up for them will be iconic Liverpool, iconic band Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, I know them. Yeah, yep. uh, and then I we fly to Amsterdam, and we'll go see the Rolling Stones in Amsterdam. How many days are you in Amsterdam? I think four or five. Yeah. Well, it, it, when you, on your fifth day, you'll say, oh, my God, we should have done 10. Uh, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah, I'm serious. I, I always want to leave wanting more. Well, believe me, when I left Amsterdam, and I and I know people are wondering if I'm winking and nodding to the coffee shops in Amsterdam, but I'm not a coffee shop guy. But I, I, I think we were there six days, and I wish it was 10. Well, you can't. You got to be careful because some of our peers have been fired for what they say on a podcast, right? Because <laughs> they don't think it's a radio show or right. that. I will keep my Amsterdam dreams private until I get back, and then I will censor okay. them. <laughs> the bosses listen here. Love it. Good. So we will. Uh, oh, so you can. When are you leaving? I leave tomorrow for Rochester. Okay. Going Geneseo Thursday, Friday, Saturday, return Sunday, which is pretty stupid because I fly Sunday from Rochester back to Vegas through Chicago. Then I'm home for Monday. Then Tuesday afternoon, we fly Vegas to LAX, get on the big Virgin, classic Virgin flight, Richard Branson, fly from LA to London, land in London. We're taking a car service from London to Liverpool. Love it. And then we'll be in Liverpool for the day, the night we get there, like four or five. Then the next night's the concert. Then we leave the next morning for Amsterdam. So we, we're gone from the 7th to the 15th. Okay, great. I'll figure out what to do that week. I'll do a podcast. Or... Yeah. 
Put someone on, but put a guest on or Sedano yeah. or someone you like. That's oh, interesting. I was texting with Sedano about uh, uh, you know because I was cheering for him and his dad, his late sure. dad, because you know, the heat that comeback with the heat. And I'm thinking, oh my God, Sedano is somewhere thinking about his dad with this comeback, and I was hoping, you know, that that three would hit for Sedano. And then we text a little bit afterwards. Nicely said. I will text you several times on the road with some photos. Okay, Sam. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.